Welcome to Growth Over Easy, the podcast where we explore the depths of life with an optimistic lens. I'm your host, Lily Rachels, and I believe pain has the potential to produce more growth than happiness ever could. I teach you how to grow through grief and give you actionable tools you can start using today. It's time to choose growth over the easy path in life. Let's grow together. Welcome back to Growth Over Easy. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Jillian Fledstrom. She is a seven-figure entrepreneur. She's created, launched, and built five different businesses in three different industries, from forensic biologist to health insurance broker and entrepreneur to international business owner. Jillian is a specialist in helping clients mitigate the feelings of overwhelm, chaos, and confusion when it comes to leading and growing their businesses. She is the host of the upcoming Scale Your Small Business podcast and frequently does presentations for small businesses and organizations as well as being on the board of directors of a national nonprofit dedicated to raising funds to support people living with life-threatening health conditions. With relentless passion for efficiency, organization, and strategic planning, Jillian has dedicated her time and her business to helping and inspiring small business owners to become more productive, more aligned, and more in control of their future. In this conversation, Jillian and I talk about death, we talk about grief, we talk about caring for other people in your life. It's a great conversation. I'm really excited to share this with you. As I shared on Instagram about a week ago, this was a very timely episode for me as I had just hit the second anniversary of my mom's death. If you've lost someone or if you have someone in your life who is grieving, I highly encourage you to listen to this episode. Let's go. Welcome, Jillian. Hello, how are you? I'm great. I'm so glad that I could have you back on. We had a little bit of an audio issue on my side, so we're re-recording this podcast. But you know what that means? It's just going to be even better than it was the first time. Exactly. So when I first talked to you and met you, one of the things that stood out to me is that we talked about death, which is a very taboo subject for a lot of people. And it wasn't a hard conversation and it wasn't a sad conversation. It was just a conversation. I agree. Yeah. I think that so many times nowadays, we don't want to talk about tough stuff or, you know, it has to be this long conversation. And really, it doesn't. It just has to be like, hey, I see you're struggling. This is something that helped me. Maybe it'll help you. And like other things, like we've talked about in the past, like money is another yep. taboo subject. For People sure. don't, we don't like to talk about it. Why do you think it is? that we're so hesitant to address these subjects, but most importantly, like death. I think it's because it's just something, I mean, it's probably not something that we grow up with. I mean, I have a kind of an unusual story that I worked at the coroner's office for a really long time. So I have a completely different view on end of life and what that looks like. And of course, it was a little bit more traumatic because, you know, we're investigating crimes and things like that. But it really changed my perspective, which really led me to where I am now, because I realized that there's so many things that happen when people die suddenly that there's just really, I mean, it's shocking, one. But also there's that struggle of who do I talk to? What do I do? You know, and there's lots of people that do their best to offer good advice, but sometimes it's just not what you need. And if you've never been through that traumatic situation before and you get some of that not so great advice, 
it can lead to frustration and lead to even more grief and anger and all those sorts of things that you don't want when you're struggling with something. You are speaking to my soul right now. I lost my mom unexpectedly a couple of years ago. And yes, like the unexpectedness, it's hard to deal with. Like grief is hard to deal with, but the unexpectedness coupled with almost the expectation around how I'm supposed to respond. And, you know, when people are like, oh, you seem okay, or are you okay? And the questions, it can all get really, really heavy. But I want to go back because you mentioned how all of this kind of started for you was working at the coroner's office. What was that experience like for you? Well, I think in the beginning, it was very, you know, it's kind of unnerving because you've never done it before. You know, you've you've gone to college, you've done all these things, but it's like, now we're we're doing real world applications. Like we're going out to crime scenes, we're doing these investigations. You know, and I think too, this is where I learned that the news is never right. <laughs> so if you're somebody who watches the news all the time, one piece of advice, I would say stop because most of it is never correct. But there's so many things that you can learn about human nature and people's reactions. And you really learn a lot about people and how to comfort them and all these different things. You know, of course, we learn medical knowledge and, you know, all those sorts of things. But you really learn about human behavior and how to help people best, which is something that's carried on into my other businesses. But it really started with the coroner's office. And I think that that's so important is that nowadays, we don't really care for each other. We don't, we're kind of like, ah, get out of my way. I got to get to the front of the line. You know, can I climb up your back to get what I want? And it's like, you know, on the heels of world kindness days. And we just have to take care of each other, not only as humans, but as fellow business owners, we've just lost that because, you know, every day is a great day when really some of us are really struggling. And I always say that everyone is struggling. Just some people are better at hiding it than others. And it's important to keep that in mind because you never know who you're going to meet, whether it's that person in traffic who's frustrated and cut you off or maybe the person at the Starbucks line, whatever it is, people are going through things and you just don't know about it, whether that's a stranger or someone really close to you. I love that you're touching on that. Simon Sinek talks about how we have a whole section in the bookstore for self-help, but not helping others. And I've used that same um, example of the traffic, like, because that's what I tell myself when someone cuts me off. I'm like, maybe their dog just died. And again, it's like not excusing like the bad behavior. That's not what I'm suggesting. It's just giving the benefit of the doubt to someone when like, oh, the bank teller wasn't very kind today. It's like, maybe she's doing her best to, you know, stand up because she just lost her mom. And it's giving that level of grace to the people around you. That's the perfect word for it is grace, is really putting, I mean, most importantly, putting someone else's needs ahead of you. I mean, I've been that same girl like driving down the freeway and somebody's like riding my butt and I move over, they're smoking and I'm like, they're probably on their way to the hospital. You know, whatever, whether it is the truth or not, it's just like you have to give people the grace that whatever they're going through right now, it's okay. Yeah. And selfishly, it even makes it a little bit easier for me to like stay cool and calm and not, totally. you know, meet yep. their reaction with my own right. um, bigger reaction. And then what you said about understanding that people all deal with death differently. And that was something that I've always known. And when I went through like training, when I was a therapist and everything, it's like, I knew, but when I experienced, like I said, my mom dying and saw how differently my brothers, my sister, my dad, like we all responded very differently. And at times it was really hard because it's like the way you've responded to this is it feels triggering to my response. Like 
What have you seen like working in that environment? I'm sure you saw a lot of families, you know, come and go. Like what would be your kind of piece of either advice or just insight on that? You know, it's interesting, like when you look at it generationally, because we see a lot of the older generation that's just like stuff it down, deal with it, move on. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> you know, it's like we we don't talk about it. We don't discuss it. We just shove it in and move on. And I think that for a lot of people that might be are raised by someone like that, it's really hard because you're trying to keep it together. Mm. But at the same time, like inside, you're just mess. I think the best example of is like when you work in corporate America, like you lose someone close to you and they're like, okay, well, you can be gone for two days for the funeral, but then come Monday morning, I need you back here and you got to act like nothing happened except your whole world is completely fragmented. And you've got all that stuff incoming from all different family members who all grieve completely different. And then I've also seen people get mad at like their sibling because their sibling isn't grieving the same way that they are. And it's just like, again, we have to give each other grace that things are going to affect us differently then we respond to them. Absolutely. And I just had a thought when you were saying that about, you know, corporate America, you get the two days of, is it bereavement? It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. go, which is really just, we're giving you some time off so you can have a funeral, a visitation, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And like looking like back in history, like death and grieving wasn't this quick thing. Like in communities grieve together, like people, Mm -hmm. they came around and there was so much more space available for people to feel. And I think it's interesting that in the world today, we've gotten more and more self-focused, but also like the span at which we will give someone else or even ourselves at times to like display those uncomfortable emotions, to experience our grief has gotten shorter and shorter. Absolutely. And even for somebody who's like maybe lost a parent or someone who's lost a spouse, it's like that person can grieve for years. And you have to let that person go through what they're going through. Feelings are meant to be felt, right? And you've got to take time to work through that. And don't put your grief on someone else's timeline because that's not fair that, okay, time's up, two days. Now you're supposed to be back to normal. Act like nothing happened. It's not fair. And I think there's so many leaders nowadays that need to remember that even though you didn't know that person, like you didn't know that person's mom or that person's dad or family member that was close to them, or most importantly, that person's pet. Because for those of us who don't have children, my fur babies are my children. Like losing one of them would be devastating to me. And so I think that whatever relationship that person is grieving over, we as leaders need to remember that we need to give people time. We need to check in on them, make sure they're doing okay. Because grief is not talked about, a lot of times people don't talk about it. Especially, you know, there's all this support. Once the funeral happens, that's when you need to be checking on people because that's when all that support disappears. People go back to living their normal lives. And that person who's still grieving is left to be like, now the silence is deafening. You know, that's the time when people to reach out and be like, hey, you doing okay? And then stop talking. Don't share your experience with someone who's grieving. Just let them talk. Because a lot of times people are like, well, my so-and-so passed away and I got over it in three days. It's like, who cares? It's a different situation. It's a different loved one. That relationship might have been different. Whatever the case may be, us as close people to each other, you know, if it's one of your girlfriends or 
your best friend, whoever the case may be. If it's someone close to you, giving them an opportunity to talk about that person is huge and not offering any advice. Mm-hmm. Just be a good listener. Yes, absolutely. And I like what you said about, you know, depending, it could be anyone in the family, a friend, it could be, you know, a fur baby, a pet. You don't have to understand like why someone is grieving what they're grieving. You can still hold space for that. And again, you're speaking to my soul when you said the checking in, like, after the funeral, after, you know, those first few initial weeks, because I know for me, after losing my mom, it was probably three months later, I had a girlfriend come up to me. And she's like, oh, you just seem like you're doing so good. And on the inside, I'm like, I'm drowning. Like I'm trying to like get through life, but I am very much not okay. And, and it does, it comes in waves at different times. I mean, it's been two years for me and there are still days where I'm like, I'm grieving. Like I'm, I'm sad. I'm I'm angry. I'm feeling Mm -hmm. these different emotions. And it is, it's giving your loved ones or even someone you work with, like the space and the grace. And trying to put yourself into their perspective, you know, it's like, maybe you've never lost a parent, but if you have a parent and, you know, for a second, you're like, oh, like that would suck, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, to keep in mind that even though if it's been a length of time, there's so many things that it could be anything. It could be the trigger of a smell or a memory or a holiday. I mean, those are big deals. You know, the first Christmas, the first birthday, holding space for that person just giving them a card, just letting them know that you're aware of it, I think is a huge deal to just be like, I haven't forgotten. I know you sure as heck haven't forgotten, you know, and I think holding space, I think that's the best way to say it because everybody's so busy and we forget that people are struggling and being able to do that for someone, I think would mean the world to them. Absolutely. And we both say absolutely a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I know. Like, I, I think my favorite absolutely. Word. Same. <laughs> But no, that is so true. It's the holding of space and allowing them to feel what they're going to feel. And what you said about like, of course, they're thinking about it because people have said that to me. They're like, well, I didn't want to mention it. I didn't want to bring it up. And I'm like, it's always up. It's always in the back of my mind. And anyone who's lost someone or experienced any kind of grief in some way, you're not like surprising them. And they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't thought about that in six months. Like they're thinking about it. So it's like, yeah, sending the card, reaching out. And that's one of my biggest pieces of advice to people too, is reach out and then reach out again and reach out specifically. Don't just say, hey, let me know if there's anything I can do. Because chances are the person that's going through this doesn't really know what they need. Like they're devastated. They're sad. They're angry. They're experiencing a variety of emotions. I'm always like, reach out specifically. Like, hey, I'm bringing dinner by your house sometime this week. Let me know which day is best. I'll leave it on your front porch if you are. Like be Mm -hmm. specific and keep reaching out and also be willing to thicken your skin enough to not be easily offended if they brush you off. It's not about you. It's everything that they're feeling. Totally. And I so food's a big one for me because I think that it's one of those things when you're grieving, you forget to eat. You don't want to eat. You're just like, I don't want to deal with that. So even though when I say like, hey, I'm bringing food over, I'll leave it on your front porch. I do it and then do it a couple more times. And sometimes I'll just do it without them even knowing. I'll just send them a text and be like, hey, I just dropped food off on your front porch. I know you got family over. I know there's a lot going on, but I know you guys are hungry. Or same thing with coffee if you're not a food person. Hey, I just dropped off coffee on your front porch. It's out there if you want it. And I think too, just thinking, I mean, this is an example of what I did for my girlfriend who lost her brother. She has two little kids. Like, I mean, she has a busy life. She's got a massive group of employees that she manages. 
in a corporate environment. And so I was like, I'm just going to send somebody to clean your house. Whatever you want done. They're just going to show up. They're going to clean whatever you need cleaned. And then they're going to leave. And I took care of the cost. But I know that that's one of the things that kind of falls by the wayside is eating and cleaning because those are things you don't want to do. You're like, that is not even on my priority list. So even the simple things that you're like, oh, they probably wouldn't like that or, oh, I feel too awkward doing that. Just do it. Just do it because they're probably hungry. Let's be honest. Yes, they, they're they definitely hungry. And I, I feel that, yeah, it's like the eating um, the cleaning, the simple, like taking care of yourself stuff, it goes out the window. Like that's mm-hmm. not your priority. So yes, if you're listening to this and you have someone in your life who is grieving, reach out, reach out again, feed them, maybe have their house cleaned. But if you yeah. feel on your heart, there's something that you're like, oh, I could do this. Just do it. Yep. And don't expect a response in return. Just know that you've done it. It's there and you have to be okay with not getting a response. And when you do it multiple times, There are people that will come back to you years later and be like, that was a game changer for me. Like just knowing that I could have warm food was huge because, you know, I mean, Uber Eats is great. I love it too. But there's something about somebody leaving something on your porch in a refrigerated container, you know, a cooler or whatever that was like, hey, I went to your favorite restaurant. I got them to not cook the food for you. So that way, if you didn't feel like your favorite steak tonight, you can have it tomorrow night. You can cook it yourself, but the food is there. Or another thing too, order them groceries. You know, there's so many different things. I mean, we have access to so many things. Instacart, you know, the Walmart Plus app. There's so many different things that we can do nowadays that can just be delivered without them needing to even do anything, without them even needing to open the door. So I think that can be huge for people. When you have like maybe in the past had a friend, a coworker, or even for yourself, someone grieving, are there any tools like outside of, you know, providing something for them? Are there any other tools that you have found helpful? What I typically do is I will get flowers, but I will also leave them the book Tears Soup. Now, it's a children's book, but I encourage everybody to read it because it is based on grieving, but it doesn't have any religion. There's no euphemisms. There's nothing in it. It just talks about grief and kind of how it sucks, but that you just have to work through it. And so I'll just write a little note in the book on the cover of the book that said, someone gave me this book and it really helped me. I hope it helps you too. And one of my girlfriends just had a significant loss in her life. And so I sent her that book and I was shocked because she was like, I loved it. I gave it to my sister. My sister loved it. She gave it to her girlfriend who just lost a baby. Like that book is just huge because it can touch so many different people in whatever aspect of grief that you're currently in. And it's just something that is tangible that when people are ready, they can read it, but it doesn't involve, you know, in my opinion, the dumb stuff that people say when they think they mean well, but it's actually like the opposite and it just makes you mad. It's like, you can just say, I'm sorry that you're hurting. I hope this helps and leave it at that short and sweet. You mentioned that book to me last time we talked and I ordered it. I read it. I cried. Yes. And I then had, yes, (laughs) I had someone in my life who had experienced a loss and I gifted it to her. Mm -hmm. And she sent me a text message um, a few days later and was just like, thank you. If you're grieving or you know someone, this is a good book just to keep on hand because it, it encompasses so much like how we grieve differently and pain. And it, and like you said, it's not attached to anything else. It's a great book. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes or I'll put the book in the show notes because it is such a good tool. I want to pivot a little bit because you still work in kind of the death world. You help Mm -hmm. people plan for death. 
What is that like? You know what? It's interesting because I, I've gotten the feedback from people that because of my medical background, because of my work at the coroner's office, because of my perspective that's different. In the financial planning world, it's I think it opens up this feedback between people that it's like, it's okay to talk about it. It doesn't have to be a sad conversation. Listen, it's going to happen to all of us. Some of us sooner than others, but when you plan ahead and you have a plan in place, it can really take that pressure off of you and being able to talk to somebody about it who's, you know, been in that world, I think takes the pressure off. It's not an awkward conversation. It's like, wow, how long does it take to get a death certificate? What if my husband pushes me down the stairs? You know, we've all seen these crime shows. We all watch them, you know? And so it's interesting to see like what really happens. What's the reality of that? What does that look like? How long does it take for an investigation? You know, what is there an investigation when it comes to insurance products? It depends. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. You know, do does life insurance cover every type of death? You know, all these different things. And really being able to open up that conversation I think really brings people some peace to be like, okay, I actually got all my questions answered. I didn't feel awkward. It wasn't weird. We laughed about it. We made these questions be okay to ask people. And I think that's important because obviously nobody wants to talk about this stuff. But having that open dialogue to be like, yeah, ask me whatever you want to ask me. If I don't know the answer, I know people that do, but we'll get it figured out so that way you feel comfortable making the decisions for your family. It just, it makes things so much easier. It makes the conversation easier, as well as when we're reviewing it annually as we all age, we're talking about all that stuff. And so I think being comfortable to talk about it really helps. For sure it does. And what you were saying about, you know, just making it more comfortable, but also it's what we talked about in the beginning. It's death is a taboo topic, just like money is a taboo topic, but it happens to everybody. Just like everybody has to exchange money. It's a part of life, but we don't like to talk about money. Right. And everybody dies. And I know there's coming to terms with, you know, the fact that you will die is that that's hard for a lot of people to swallow. And I know for me and like my belief, I don't believe that this is the end. So like when I think about my death, I don't think of it as this like definite ending thing, but I know some people do and it is, it's very taboo for people. And so for you personally, I'd love to hear working in that field, plus the coroner's field, like death is very real and you've seen that firsthand. Has that changed how you feel about like your own demise one day? Oh, absolutely. I think it's like, there's all these different things that you encounter. There's a lot of safety things I do now that I never did before (laughs) that I'm like, there's also some like risks. So like skydiving, you know, there's all these things that are out there that I'm like, yep, never going to do that because I've seen what can happen when it goes wrong. So there's that (laughs) perspective. But there's also, you know, just being able to talk about it and it not be that big of a deal, I think is kind of surprising for some people because there's not many, you know, planners that are like, hey, let's talk about it. Let's dive into it. Let's talk about what's going on. Just like, hey, let's talk about money. Let's talk about your small business. Let's talk about all these different things that sometimes can be difficult to talk about. But listen, all of us are on the struggle bus at one point in our life about all of it. And if we can open up that conversation, no matter what it is, if people have a safe space to talk about it, that helps all of us because we all got to stick together. We all got to make this work. We're all in it together. So the more that we can open up those conversations and have a real talk about this stuff just makes it so much easier because then people get questions answered 
then they feel more empowered to make those decisions. And that's really what it's all about. Because once you're empowered to make decisions, then you feel confident in what you have going on and you know that things are taken care of. And I think that plays out in so many areas of life where it's like the pink elephant in the room and we, and I've been guilty of this in my life. It's like, I will talk all the way around a subject because it's like, I need to talk about this thing, but it's uncomfortable. And I I just want to kind of talk about it. And that became very real for me when I was doing adolescent therapy. Suicide was a big thing that came up with clients and if you had to do an assessment on someone or a, you know adolescent if they were suicidal or not the first few times i did it i found myself being you know very timid and then i got to the point where you know i'd be like have you been thinking about hurting yourself do you have a plan what would that plan be and it almost felt like strange just to be so open but it was that openness you know cracked open that shell around them that it was like they would share and i think it's the same thing with money the same thing with death the same thing with suicide it stopped talking around the pink elephant in the room and just be direct because most people appreciate that directness. And it actually, I believe, lends a level of safety to the conversation because it's like, we're allowed to be messy here. We're allowed to talk about the uncomfortable things here. And there's no hush hush. There's nothing off limits. I completely agree. Yeah. So that, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. I was just going to say, I, I completely agree with you. I think if we had more open conversations, about the tough stuff, then we wouldn't have to deal with, you know, people ending their lives early or struggling with things that how many times have we said to ourselves, we've lost someone close to us and we're like, if only I had known, if only I had reached out one more time, if I had said something. I think a lot of times we get so wrapped up in the stuff that we have going on that we forget that, hey, this person that I really love is going through something. And I need to, I need to pin that down and I need to say, Hey, listen, this is really uncomfortable, but I've got to ask you, do you need help with something? What can I help you with? Maybe you don't know what I can help you with. Let me tell you what I can do for you because I don't know what's going on, but I know something's off. And I think too, I mean, just what we came out of these last couple of years, I mean, that was tough. There was a lot of us that were just hanging on by our fingertips. And it's like, we've got to check on those people now because I don't know if you've noticed this too, but. I've noticed that a lot of my business clients or businesses that I know of in our local community here, they're now starting to shut down. And it's like, we expected that, you know, at the beginning, you know, two years ago, but it's kind of weird to see what's happening now. And it's like, we need to be checking on the people that we care about because people are struggling with stuff. We're probably going to start to see the aftermath of those last two years happening right now. And we need to be checking on people to make sure that they're doing okay because they might not be. Yes. And I do want to say, like, obviously, if you're listening and you have someone in your life who has completed suicide or done something, that is not your fault. It's not your fault that like you didn't call them. But I do so agree with Jillian here that it's about your community. And I always say, I'm like, if you see something, say something. And don't be afraid to, you know, sit your friend down and be like, hey, I noticed this and you don't seem okay. Like if you see it, say it, because that could mean a world of difference to that person. And it's pushing past our own uncomfortableness and really leaning into our friendships and our community and caring about others, not being so focused on ourselves and how we feel, but opening that up and serving the people around us. 
Well, and I think it's so hard too nowadays because, I mean, the world is filled with a lot of bad people. There's a lot of scammers out there. There's a lot of people that are like, hey, I'd like to do something nice for you. And our thought is, why? (laughs) You know, and we've gotten to a place now in society where we're like, why would you do that? And so if you are someone that reaches out to someone or does something nice for someone and you don't get the response that you expect, it's okay. Just keep doing it. Just keep reaching out. Don't stop reaching out because there are so many things that you're going to find out years later that you did that made a difference for someone that right now you're like, huh, that wasn't the reaction I was expecting. It doesn't matter. You got to let that go and do the next nice thing for someone because you might not get the reaction that you think, but that doesn't mean that you should stop. Yeah. And service, I truly believe, is a key to fulfillment. And it is. It's that getting outside of ourselves and loving others, unattached to the outcome, unattached. And again, it's not that it's your responsibility and that you have to, because I don't want anyone to listen to this to be like, oh, I, I am responsible. I have to do this. It's not about that. It's like, fill your cup first, take care of yourself. And when you do that, you are capable of pouring into those around you. But again, those close friends of yours, those family members, like we can see when someone's off. And even if you're like at a little inkling, it's like, ask, ask the question, be the person. Like I've been that person in my life so many times where I'm like, I'm going to have this uncomfortable conversation with this friend, but it's a risk, right? Like maybe they don't respond well. Maybe they don't like it. Do it anyways. Do it anyways, because most of the time they will come to either appreciate that and you might not even ever be aware that they did, but do it anyways. And I always tell people, check on your happy friends, check on the people that seem like everything is going great, because sometimes that's just a shield that's up to, you know, prevent them from feeling like the world can see what's really going on. I think the perfect example of that, too, is like when you're flying, when the oxygen level drops and the masks drop out of the plane, what do you do first? You put your own mask on first and then you assist others around you. And if you don't do that, if you don't take care of yourself first, you're not going to be able to pour into other people. So I'm glad that you brought that up because it's so important. Yeah, I like to differentiate it between I don't believe in being selfish and I don't believe in being selfish. I mean, selfless. Don't believe in being selfish or selfless. I always like to say, be self-full, meaning that you are, you're doing the growth work, you're feeding into yourself, you're taking time every morning for your own, you know, you're getting your alone time. If you're a mom, you're taking, you're just taking care of yourself, you're putting on your oxygen mask, and then you can give it to other people. You can then help other people, but it's not about just being selfless. Absolutely. So the last question I ask everyone that comes on the podcast is what is growth to you? I think it's just those little things that we do every single day that move us forward. I mean, when you think about our lifetimes, I mean, people statistically are living until they're 112 now, which I don't know if you remember this, but when I was a kid, like it was a big deal when people turned 100. I mean, it was on the TV. It was like balloons. It was like a big deal. And we don't really see that anymore. It's because people are living past 100 and it's becoming more and more common. And so when you look at our life from where you're at now until, you know, that potential 112, it's like it's those little steps, those little things that you're doing every single day that you see the exponential growth, but sometimes when you're in it, you can't see it. But the important thing to remember is just keep moving forward. Because when you look back, you'd be like, dang, look at where I am two years later. I never thought I would be here, but here I am. And it's because of those little things that you did every single day that just kept pushing you forward. I love that because so many people, I've heard people say like, oh, I'm in my 40s. It's too late. I'm in my 50s. I'm in my 60s. It's like, 
Well, you could live 30, 40 more years. So what are you going to do with that? Keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So Jillian, will you tell us about what you do? Because I know you work in the you know death benefit side and insurance, but you do many other things. Just tell the audience who you are and what you do and what you have to offer. Absolutely. So I am a serial entrepreneur. I have multiple businesses, five different businesses in three different industries. I love business. Like it's just something that I'm super passionate about. So my love of the insurance world came from my work at the coroner's office, but that has really transitioned to all the things that I do within scale your small business. So helping entrepreneurs move their business forward every single day. And like I said, It's the little things and it's organizing those little things. It's helping entrepreneurs get out of overwhelm so they can focus on what they need to do every single day. And there's so many different things within a business. It's benefits, it's operations, it's admin, it's all these different things. And getting your business organized really can help take the pressure off of you, making sure that you have the right things in place, getting that foundation built. Because let's be honest, all of us in business, we like the pretty stuff. We don't really want to focus on opening the checking accounts because that's a bit of a snore. But it's getting your foundation laid, getting everything in place so that way you're prepared to grow your business much bigger than you even thought. That's awesome. And where can people find you? So I am all over social media at Jillian Floodstrom. Also, my website is JillianFloodstrom.com. So I love Instagram. So if you've listened to this podcast, make sure that you send me a DM. It is me that answers them. So make sure that you send me a message because I love to keep the conversation going, especially about tough stuff like this. It's good to know that you have someone in your corner that if you have questions or you need help, that I'm here to serve you. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. I loved this conversation. And selfishly, I'm kind of glad the last one didn't work out because I got to talk to you again. Absolutely. It was so much fun. Thank you again for having me. Of course. That's it for this episode of Growth Over Easy. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Also, make sure to link up with me at lilyrachels.com. I'm Lily Rachels across all social platforms. Please just share this podcast with anyone you think will benefit. Until next time, remember, easy is empty, growth is gold.